mic is hot and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about nutrition, sports performance, the journey of a student athlete, and more. I'm Claire. I'm Zach. Time Time to to level level up. Welcome back, sports fans. Today, we're talking about monitoring and why it's so important to utilize as a tool as you're looking at your team throughout the entire year, over weeks, uh, over months, in these time frames that are short and long. We call that acute chronic workload. As you're looking at all of those things, it's important that you're able to monitor, measure, track any type of information that you can because it really gives you some great insights. And we're going to go a little bit into detail about some of those insights and some of the areas that we feel like are the most essential for monitoring and how you can make the best decisions for your team as you're going throughout competitive season, off season, what have you. So, uh, Claire, happy new year. I don't think we've done one since the new year. So I don't think so. Here we are. This is great. Um, so we're going to talk about this monitoring stuff. And a lot of people, when they do monitoring like this, um, I think most people use apps, but some people will use, um, Excel spreadsheets or Google sheets or something like that, or Google forms, I should say. So it can be done in a way that you're using something that's convenient that may cost some money for you and in a way that's a little less convenient i think as far as the uh, management of that information comes in afterwards but can still be done both ways and uh, we're fortunate enough to have some experience through our app the connect app where our app does this already for you uh, of kind of mm-hmm. taking in information and centralizing it for for really uh, fast usage for the coach so monitoring, right? Like my two big things for this area from, uh, I guess, a strength and conditioning perspective and how I would relay this to sports coaches uh, is you see progression and you see trends. Um, you can see it from the individual level and from the team level. And I think really when you're looking, coaches probably want to look more at what the team level is and they probably have people that they feel like from their coaching eye, which is important to have um, these all these different measures from like asking questions for kids actually getting like uh, wearables that we've talked about before, but the coaching eye kind of really ties it all together from the management level because that's who's making the decisions and they should have, you know, a a part in that assessment, whether it's just their eye or not. So um, just seeing those trends, whether you want to make changes for an individual or for certain position groups or for the team in general, just based on how your training has gone uh, in a positive or negative way. So uh, talking about a little bit more about the progression here and um, why that is an important thing or why that's so helpful really it can give you confidence in the team or player development. So like as a coach, you see you're able to track and you see the progression of your team, the uh, ebb and flow that may happen, the ups and downs, and hopefully you're seeing that trend line uh, going in the right direction and that upward trend, which is where everyone wants to see, right? Everyone wants to see their, mm-hmm. their team getting better. And I think, um, I think more so than seeing their team get better, coaches definitely don't want to see their team get worse, right? So you never want to see that that negative trend line or that that red bar, red box, red number. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Uh, but player confidence and uh, in themselves as they see progression and in the program that they're using, that's really important too. Because there's also some uh, recent research out there 
that looked at all the crucial elements of a training program and belief in the program was like number three and it was higher than what the actual sets and reps were right so sometimes it doesn't mm -hmm. even matter what training program you're doing if you don't believe in it or if you don't have these relationships uh, between coaches that are actually running these programs then you're not going to benefit from what's happening so to have that confidence in in themselves have that confidence in the program that confidence in the person who's running these training sessions uh, to build that relationship sometimes is more important than what you're actually doing. So yeah, uh, again, touching on program insights, that's something that you'd be able to um, see from progressions and make decisions and kind of going into the decisions. I wanted to talk about trends because that's the second thing I mentioned. This is where you start to make your decisions for best practices for actual sport training sessions or best practices for your fitness strength related training sessions as well. So the trends are going to help you see whether or not you can increase the intensity at your lift at your uh, practice or whether or not you need to decrease a little bit. These trends kind of help coaches see from a zoomed out view, if you will, of how the training's going, how people are adjusting to everything that you're throwing at them. So again, I said team versus individual those can be a little bit different too. Maybe your position group, one position group is doing a little bit better. So if you split off into that type of thing, uh, you might be able to adjust a little bit more. Uh, one really cool phrase that I heard at the conference that I went to um, last week was being data informed, not data driven, right? So you're not mm -hmm. lying heavily on the data to take you in a direction. You're just taking in the data and allowing it to help guide you make the best decision. So not letting data yeah. make your decisions, but you making the decision based on the information that you have collectively. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. I really thought that was a great, great quote. Uh, the last thing I had to talk about on trends was the evaluation of best practices, right? It allows you to not only make those decisions as you see trends, but it allows you to evaluate your decisions over time based on the decisions that you made, right? Like in those little acute situations that we talked about acute to chronic. So you're going to have these ebbs and flows and you're going to have to make adjustments and you'll be able to see over time, like were those adjustments the right call for us for that mm -hmm. entire uh, span of time that we're looking back on. So uh, I, I think that helps really the player performance and development, making sure that your athletes are, right there um, at the center of everything mm -hmm. that you're doing for them. So um, yeah. those two areas for sure. Um, that was kind of just my, my overview in there. Do you have anything to add about progressions or trends at that? Yeah, I think just more so in general of looking at monitoring. Um, I think sometimes it gets overlooked at more of a younger age in athletics or it's, you know, more like maybe individual athlete centric where maybe they go out and buy their own watch and they're using that and lo they're looking at their own data. Um, and when you get to higher level or collegiate level, professional level, then you see a lot more of team driven data from maybe more wearables or readiness or what have you, just because maybe the team is smaller, there's just more of an emphasis put on that. So I, I think that there's just a, a huge market for that in the younger athlete space. 
and going off of that, that doesn't necessarily mean they all need, uh, you know, the latest watch and a heart rate monitor and a whoop band and a ring and like, you know, all these things to where we're getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of points of data every, you know, every week. They don't necessarily need that. It could be as simple as a readiness form every day or even once a week and filling out a food log every so often or filling out a food log at the beginning of the day. Um, what did you eat in the beginning of the day and how do you feel by the end of the day or, you know, a food log for three or four days every two or three months. So it can be very simple, but you're still collecting data and monitoring the trends and the progressions. Um, I think sometimes people think of it and people overcomplicate it so much because it has kind of gotten a little bit complicated and where this all or nothing mindset comes in as like, if I can't use all of this data or, you know, um, put it in a spreadsheet and present it in graphs and X, Y, and Z, then I should just not do anything. And I think that's a, a poor mindset because something is better than nothing in this sense, because if you have a baseline of something, you have some direction of where to go, whether it's, again, recovery, nutrition, training, one of those, all of those. So I think that that's important to, to mention. Yeah, I think you make some good points there. Um, quickly referencing the presentation that I was talking about, it was with their sports science uh, director or sports science that was directly uh, with the team. And then also the nutritionist who the dietitian who worked there with their team. Um, so those two tied together. And one thing he said that you brought up a good point of like, you don't have to do the most extravagant thing to get some type of data to monitor. Um, sports scientists also said, you know, sometimes the best data that you're taking in is just a conversation with the athletes. Mm -hmm. It's just a yeah. question. Right. And I know for, for like younger youth age athletes, you're probably not going to have an Apple watch on all these people or a whoop band or an aura mm -hmm. ring, you know, like you said, you're, you're not going to have this stuff, you know? So having, asking a question, even if it's a group question and we're raising hands or something, you know, that might be all the information you need at that point to, you know, just continue to uh, plan for their development. Right. Yeah. So I agree. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be over the top, you know, sometimes just getting, any information is good information, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would definitely agree with that. I think um, the same thing goes for nutrition of having some sort of data collected as a baseline is critical because, I mean, even if you have like anthropometric data, so you have your their height, weight, activity level, whatever, you can make a nutrition plan. But if I don't have data on like what they typically eat, uh, what their hunger levels are like, um, food preferences, I could make like the perfectly curated nutrition plan that'll meet their needs. And it won't work for them because I'm not meeting them where they're at, because I had no baseline data about where they were, and, um, and what's going to work for them in that sense. So I think that's important, too. Of, um, it's not just, you know, to have a guide uh, to progress, but it's also to have a guide of where to start. Um, especially for, for, well, I guess in training too, because again, you can have their position, what their goals are, what season they're in, uh, whatever. But if you don't have a training history and you don't know that they've never been in a weight room in their entire life, your whole training plan could be 
null after you find that out or they step into the weight room and you're like, okay, pick up a barbell, let's work out. And they look at you like you're crazy and speaking a different language. So I think that that's important too, to recognize that yes, baseline data and all this monitoring is a guide and it shows progression, but it also is telling us where we need to start. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so many uh, parallels that, that you mentioned as far as having information about people and which may come from conversations instead of just like, all right, I made this perfect plan. Like, here we go. And mm-hmm. it's like, Whoa, I can't do that. Like I've got this injury. I'm allergic to this food, you know, like mm-hmm. I can't, can't do that. So I yeah, mean, it's good stuff. I love the conversation piece too, because even in my experience, like giving them an assessment form or some sort of intake form, um, the majority of the time, it's like off the top of my head, answering this question. I would say unless they're adults, the majority of people or athletes aren't necessarily sitting down and taking the time to really think about the questions you're asking them. And not to say that that's terrible, but it it just it's quick. And, you know, maybe it's just not as detailed as we would expect it to be, but they're maybe thinking of it in a different way. So sitting down and having conversations, I, I love that because it just helps them to think of those things in a different way, or even look at like, Oh, I didn't even think that that would apply to that question. That's good. So in a lot of meetings with athletes, or like you said, conversations, um, like passing by, even mentioning some of that information in an assessment form or in a readiness form and saying, Hey, you put this, can you elaborate a little bit more on what you meant by that? Or is that something that happens consistently? Or was that just yesterday? Um, So I think that is great, the conversation piece, because again, you can only get so much information from wearables or from questionnaires or from X, Y, and Z things that you send out. Having those conversations is another piece of data. and kind of ties back to what you were saying earlier of having having it be more data informed versus data driven. Because if we were only going off the data that was in the spreadsheet, it might not give us the whole picture. So it can, like you said, it can guide, it can maybe even guide to those conversations. But having that as a guide versus this is what the data says, this is what we're doing. You know, you have to know your people too. Yeah. I think another good point that you hit on in there was talking about um, the data that they actually put in to like say they answer some questionnaire may not be as detailed as you want. Right. And that, that made me think about uh, another thing on this topic where people have apps, right. And you know, these apps are mobile apps, right. Okay. Youth, uh, high school age, like even college kids, they're on their phones quite a bit. It doesn't guarantee that they're actually like they, they don't always use the the app to the full extent, right? Or or to mm-hmm. what it's made for, right? So yeah. even if they've got the access, it doesn't mean they have the attention span, right? To to fill it mm-hmm. out the way that you had been to. So the conversation piece is nice, right? To have if they do, because that's not something that's not a you know hit the power button and it's gone, right? Or like mm-hmm. swipe up and then, you know, uh cancel it out right see you later yeah yeah it's it's not necessarily that much but also going back to that research that i mentioned i think that really starts to build that relationship piece which can be important for their development overall right like you're not only are you hitting the objective uh points that you have laid out but you're also reaching that um 
subjective level of like also having this bond between that person, which as mm-hmm. I mentioned, the research kind of lays out, that's more important than what you're doing X's and O's wise, if you will. Aces Nation is a team of former college athletes and coaches on a mission to improve the sports culture experience and change today's expectations. We do this by helping every player maximize their athletic potential with professional programs to improve strength, speed, nutrition, and mental toughness, and by using sports to create a direct pathway to college with a guaranteed college scholarship program for all student-athletes. Visit acesnation.org to learn more and schedule a demo. Let's go! I wanted to talk about a couple of easy things that I think could help people monitor or track, and it doesn't have to be... Um, doesn't have to be high tech, could be low budget, you know, uh, it's probably a good little key phrase there, not high tech, low budget or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, uh, the readiness piece I think is just information that's sitting there that everyone, like people know, right? Like the athletes, they know information like this and they can give it to you via conversation. As we mentioned, they could give it to you in written form, uh, Google Doc form or like an app like our Connect app where we have readiness already built in and ready to go mm-hmm. to these reports. But I think one thing with this for our population, for the youth athletes, is like to not overcomplicate it with so many questions, like 10 questions. I, I don't feel like that's helping the attention span problem that I mentioned, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But also, as you mentioned, the understanding level, it, it may not be there for the people that you're trying to get this information from, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, I think sleep time is important to get. I think that's an easy concept for everyone to uh, take hold of, right? And to understand maybe not so much quality. I I don't know. It just depends on your population that you're asking. Mm -hmm. Um, I think depending on time of day, the, uh, if you train in the morning, have you eaten breakfast yet? I think that's a good thing to know. Yeah. Um, Or eaten anything. Yeah. Yeah. Eating anything. Have you had something to eat? Right. And then Mm -hmm. as you get later into the day with your training sessions, I I think uh, a good question is maybe how many meals have you had or, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, That may be a good thing to do. The hydration piece. uh, I know we kind of talked personally about this was like, maybe not so much how many ounces have you had today for our youth athletes, but just like have you had water consistently throughout the day? Like, you know, mm-hmm. have you been drinking water throughout the day? Uh, is a yeah. good question, especially if you're later on. If you're early on, probably like, hey, have you had water this morning, right? You know, did you drink a glass mm-hmm. of water or something, you know? Um, yeah. And the last part that to touch on, like, so we're up to probably three questions right now with what I just mentioned, the sleep time, uh, the eating or the, the fueling mm-hmm. and the hydration piece. And the last two potentially you could even go just the one here was uh stress and soreness and we probably wouldn't use the word stress with youth population i don't know that uh the understanding of the nuance of that term and and what that really takes into account um is best lived in our population i think how do you how are you feeling today some type of scale like that is probably a good indication maybe a one to five um uh, it's probably good right you've got the feeling great mm-hmm. uh all the way down to the other spectrum like feel terrible and then you've got mm-hmm. that i feel okay in the middle you know that average i feel like that's a pretty if you get i i think if you give people 10 right there's so much 
room to fit in between, you know, five and 10 and even one and five. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. just, I feel like the one to five is a pretty good range where people can be like, yes, I think I fit into this number because not so much here, but not so much here. Anyways. Um, so maybe a, how are you feeling today? And I think an additional mm-hmm. question you could ask if you wanted to was, are, you know, are you feeling sore today? You know, and, and maybe a follow-up is where, you don't have to ask those. You could ask, how are you feeling today? And, and include that in your explanation, right? So a feeling tired slash sore could be, you know, like a, a two on a one to five, right. Or a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, that could fit into that question. So, I mean, there we are with like four questions. That's pretty easy. Yeah. What does that take? 10 seconds to fill out maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then the great thing about if you had it in an app like ours, like they fill it out on their phone, they, they get the schedule reminder, like they get pinged, like, mm-hmm. Hey, fill this out. And then it immediately goes into their individual um, report and it goes, gets accounted for in the team report as well. So like those things are great um, to have for a coach, I think before you get into a training session, like, and and I know a great thing about using our app here and, and other apps is that you can schedule those for specific times so that if you want to have the information like an hour before practice, so you've got a little bit of time to maybe make an adjustment, it, it can be right then and there, you know, that scheduled mm-hmm. time. So I think that that's great. And you can do them specifically when you want, specifically on the days you want. Um, I mentioned, oh, you got anything on that? I want to, you know, just uh, open the floor there for you before I move to the second way. No. Yeah, no, I think that's great in terms of readiness. I think for youth athletes, that's really all you need. Um, if you wanted to add anything on maybe the scale of like how you're feeling, you could maybe have like a follow-up question. I don't know, depending on what you're using, if it's maybe more of like a form or if it's something where you can have like a conditional question, if it's terrible, why? Yeah, 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 <laughs> can, right. Can you elaborate? Again, it doesn't have to be a whole, give me your life story, but just, you know, um, pick a category of why is it terrible? Is it stress? Is it, or is it emotional? Is it schoolwork? Is it got a bad grade? Is it you performed poorly in a game? So just something like that. So you can, again, kind of take in that data and see if maybe a conversation needs to be had, or if there's a trend of if somebody's feeling terrible every single day, okay, why? Uh, Is it energy levels? Is it more emotional? Is it school related? And then that can help determine a course of action. Right. And and two good points that you just brought up. I think that that is also good because maybe you don't have to include the indicators on the scale, but if it is like a two, right? Is it, you know, maybe you have the option of like, are you tired? Are you sore? Other. And then you explain if it's, you know, anything mm-hmm. outside of that. Yeah. Another good thing for coaches to understand is there's good research out there to inform people that during times of higher academic stress, injuries are more likely to occur. occur. So mm-hmm. that could be a thing that if you're seeing that answer, you know, from your athletes, or you understand that about that time of the year, that probably changes how you're going to practice, right? You're not going to do the most intense, uh, you know, like highest force output practice as far as like maybe changes of direction and stuff like that. If 
if that's happening. You know, you know, you're soccer. You're not doing a ton of small sided games if everyone has finals that week. You know, because right. you're probably setting yourself up to be in a bad spot. You know, right, right. Uh, so yeah, great, great points, Claire. The last thing I'll say with the readiness, I think that that pairs well to have progressions in either lifts or different fitness or conditioning assessments, because that'll give you a little more of the bigger picture from my perspective. I know, Claire, when you talk about nutrition, um, you you will complete that picture for us uh, in mm-hmm. a few minutes. But um, things that you can do, again, you could go high tech with this or low budget. You could do weight used uh, on, on exercises. I mean, if you kept the reps the same and you saw a progression of weight being used, um, go up. Obviously, that's an indicator that they're recovering well enough and that they're making those adaptations that you want. Uh, could be reps completed if you're doing some type of rep test at a same weight. Um, it could be bar velocity if you've got the uh, the technology for that, whether it be mm-hmm. on your phone or, or through uh, an outside external hardware piece. Um, and then from the fitness level, again, you could be like levels reached if it's in a beep test or a yo-yo test. It could be the time you completed a certain distance if it's like a 300-yard shuttle. And you can do a distance covered if you're looking at something like a tribe test, which is a football conditioning test, a little more specific to the energy system needed where you're covering as much distance as you can going back and forth shuttle style within this time frame. So Those are some ways that you can also track fitness and put that picture of progression together um, before Mm -hmm. you also look at the nutrition piece. So, uh, Claire, I know you're going to you're going to tie it all together here because um, what you do in training is really not as important as how much sleep you're getting or, you know, how recovered you are going into the next training session. And being a part of that is being properly fueled and properly hydrated through nutrition. So really, mm-hmm. this is an important piece that, you know, um, I think people need to understand a little bit more is is this side of it, not just the sets and reps, times and distances. Those things are important after you've taken care of sleep and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they're they're definitely important in the grand scheme of things, but if you're not focusing on the recovery, nutrition, sleep, all of those things, that's going to dictate how much you can do. So it's kind of like a a two-way street, if you will, a double-edged arrow of they're continuously kind of feeding off of each other. So um, in terms of progression with nutrition, I mean, I already talked about having a baseline and that's why that's important to see how we're progressing. So, I mean, that could be a, a a plethora of things. So similar to, you know, if you want to look at reps completed versus weight, we could look at even as minute as how many vegetables and fruits are you eating in a day? And is that improving? Um, And then we can also on the flip side, we can get a specific of how many calories were you eating before? How many are you eating now? How many grams of this? How many grams of protein? How many grams? So we can get very, very specific down to micronutrient grams and micrograms. Um, so I think that that's important to recognize too, of, I guess, depending on the level of athlete you are, um, depending on the type of sport, if you're a weight class sport, we might need to be a little bit more specific if you're trying to make weight. Um, but having an understanding of what you're doing nutritionally 
uh, is going to directly obviously impact that progress that you're able to make in the weight room or in your sport. So one of the things that I think people don't necessarily understand or recognize is that having a complete picture of that nutrition is important. So when I, for example, if I ask somebody for like a food recall and they say, okay, well, yesterday I had yogurt, I had a sandwich and I had a pizza. That could mean a hundred different things. How much yogurt, what kind, what flavor, uh, was it Greek yogurt? Was it regular yogurt? What kind of sandwich? Did you have one sandwich or two sandwiches? Did What kind of protein did you use? Did it have protein on it? There's so many different things that that could mean. And if I track it myself, one could come out as like 1500 calories for the day. And another could come out as like 3000. And that's a big difference um, in what's happening. And then what I would recommend following that. So that I would say is something that kids, both youth athletes and, and adults and collegiate level, whatever level you're at, is being accurate in your reporting is so important because that could literally make or break, not necessarily make or break, but that's going to determine what we do next. So in order to see progression, we have to have an accurate baseline. Um, you know, it can't be this kind of wishy-washy of, oh, I don't remember how much I didn't. Okay, that's fine. Then we're going to push back our meeting date and I need you to get me X amount of days of accurate food logs. Um, it could be pictures too. So I think that's the other thing of when we look at how can we make this as easy as possible. If you're a younger athlete and you could obviously get your parents help, but if you're not going to sit down and write down everything that you eat with the portions, maybe you have no idea, maybe you're not making the meal, your parents are making it, um, take pictures of it or have your parents when they prepare it, take a picture of your plate because I'm going to have a much easier time estimating portions probably than you are. So that's another way that I can, again, just get a baseline of data of what you're eating is just a day full of pictures of what you eat. Um, so that's another way to, to make it easy. And we can still look at progress from there. We can compare before pictures and after pictures of what a day of eating looks like for you. Um, so yeah, there's so many different things that we can do from nutrition, but I think the main takeaway is like this, the data needs to be accurate. We can make that reporting as easy or as complicated and minute as we need it to be, but it has to be accurate in order for us to really understand what we need to do to make sure that you're eating enough, you're recovering well, you're getting everything that you need to then turn around and go in the weight room or go to practice and be able to complete whatever workout with the intended, uh, with the intent that you need to. Yeah. I uh, question about the adjustments that you make, right? How mm -hmm. quickly do you normally make adjustments to someone's meal? Is it little bits that are like, let's say to their, not, I shouldn't say meal. I should say to their overall eating um, habits or lifestyle here. Mm -hmm. uh, do you make small adjustments as you go because that works better for people or making a, I don't know, a 90 degree turn. Does that, does that work better mm -hmm. for people? You know? 
It depends on the person. I would say typically it's small adjustments. And over time, all a lot of those small adjustments turn into a 180 degree turn in their nutrition. Because by the time they've implemented all of those changes, they've all become habits and they've all compiled into just a better diet overall. Um, but then there are other people or athletes, and I'm sure you've encountered some some of these as well that come to you and they're like, I will literally do whatever you tell me. You could change everything right now. I really don't care. I just want to know what I need to do and I will do it. And those types of people are easy to make a plan for and they'll follow it exactly, but they might be a little bit harder to get to sustain that if they're not working with you. So afterwards, because you're not necessarily implementing it slowly and sustainably, and then also teaching in the same, obviously, I still try to educate and and give them information at at the same time with that. But um, it just depends on the person and what they're willing to change and what they're willing to do. So kind of assessing to what is their willingness to change? Or did they reach out to you? Were they told they had to see you um, based off of readiness or based off of x y and z so i take that into account as well but i would say in general making small sustainable changes and meeting the athlete or the client where they're at is the best way to get uh you know tangible realistic and sustainable results right yeah thank you uh I, i would say to kind of wrap it up here um hopefully everyone can agree that having more information about what's going on with your your team and your your players and their development is a good thing it doesn't have to be the sole factor in the direction of your team your organization but Mm -hmm. everyone wants to know more so they're at least aware they're informed so they can make the best decision given the context of everything because as you always say claire it depends right Mm -hmm. regardless of the information that you have, it's all about the context. It's all about the situation you're in, the people that Mm -hmm. you're dealing with, you know, and what your goals are. So it's really, again, going back to that phrase about being data informed and making the best decisions out of that, uh, you know, where you want to go. So um, using apps, I think is great. Um, It's an easy way. It's the more convenient way, as I mentioned at the very beginning, but it can be done without it if you're looking like, uh, you know, you're a little lower on the budget end, right? It's still good information to have. And since almost every athlete that you work with, unless you work with like really young kids, they have a phone and they have a way to access the information or the questionnaire, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're trying to get. Right. So I think readiness, like we mentioned readiness and like a four or five question survey is good information to have. And a lot of great places condense that stuff together um, in a report, or at least have the information for you to be able to see what you need to see, what you want to see. So, um, and then I think on the training side, you can do it pen and paper. You can do it through an app. You can do it through wearables anything that you can do to kind of put it all together. And Claire, as you mentioned, you can do it through questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it's detailed because you're right. Things could be completely different if it's not detailed. Right. Um, yeah. Or it could be through pictures, right. Which may be mm-hmm. the quick and easy convenient side for the athletes, right. To just send a picture, right. I mean, everyone's mm-hmm. ready to go. Everyone's got Snapchat ready to go, you know, or, or TikTok. Yeah. Ready to go. So, 
Um, anyway, so I think just having that information, there are ways for you to do this uh, at a high level mm-hmm. or at a you know effective level for where you are financially. So those are our reasons that you should do it, you know, and, and our app has made it easy to do some of these things, especially through tracking, through uh, training, like lifting or fitness, and then through the readiness apps or the readiness questionnaires that we send out. So um, there are ways to do this. And we hope that you take advantage of this information that can really help push your team a little bit to the next level to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. A good way to sum all of this up and think back or think on why it's important is a phrase that I've heard a lot on social media and through other coaches is that which is measured can be managed. So just looking at, looking at it as if you have data, if you have something to compare something else to, you can measure it and you can have objective data to go off of to, like we've mentioned throughout this whole thing, inform decisions with that data. Yeah. Love that phrase, Claire. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, We will catch you on the next one. See ya.